This is our eighth session on Ephesians 1, 7 to 10. And what I'd like to do is, is just get the, the big picture here of how th- these last couple of verses, 9 and 10, are put together. And then when we see the big picture and the general flow of thought in the next one or two sessions, we can unpack some of the very strange and wonderful details. So, Father, I pray as I try to understand these words, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, his good pleasure, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth, that you would, Father, enlarge our hearts to be able to comprehend something of the majesty and glory and beauty of what is there concerning the great centrality of our Lord Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. So the riches of grace are lavished on us, providing wisdom and insight so that we understand what he has made known to us in the mystery of his will, which accords with his good pleasure. Now, this is the part we haven't looked at yet. Which, and this which here refers to this, right? This good pleasure. So according to his good pleasure, his purpose, he set forth in Christ Let's pause there. So this Eudochian is being enacted, realized in history, whereas before, in verses 3 through 6, the Eudochian of God's will was how predestination and election were brought about. So in accordance with God's good pleasure in eternity, he chose and he predestined. That's not what's going on here. Now the purpose, the Eudokian, the good pleasure of his will is setting forth something in history. Not in eternity, but in history. He set forth in Christ as a plan. Let's let's number these. So the first thing that modifies the set forth or describes what's going on is in Christ. So that's number one. He set forth in Christ, this Eudokian. This good pleasure is being set forth now in Christ. Number two, it's being set forth as a plan for the fullness of time. Number three, it's being set forth with the purpose to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on the earth. So three things we know about the enactment or the realization of God's eternal good pleasure, namely, it is happening in connection with Christ We'll see more specifically what that means. 
it's happening as a plan, and it's happening to unite all things. Now, let me just clarify a couple of things. This in him here is in Christ, and so he's underlining the fact that it is being set forth in Christ, namely, it is to unite all things in Christ. So he begins and ends this little section here with Christ, who is the sum of all things. This word plan is so fascinating. It's uh, oikonomian. And that word, you can hear the word economy in that Greek word, and it means household administration. So the idea is God is setting forth, putting in motion, enacting, realizing a a household administration for history, for all of time and history. And we'll come back to what, what's the fullness of time here. But just to clarify, time here is not chronos like it is in Galatians 4.4 when it says in the fullness of time Christ was born. This is the fullness of chiron, plural, the fullness of seasons. So what does that mean? The plan for the fullness of all the seasons. And I'm inclined to say that this economic plan, this plan for all of history, realizes that in history, there are many different seasons with lots of different purposes for God in each season. And when the fullness comes, then this plan is complete. Or you could say the plan is intended to fill up at every point with Christ these seasons. We'll come back and talk about that next time. And then one more clarification. To unite, another amazing word. Um, I'm not going to put the Greek, it's too long. But it means sum up. And I'll show you that from a parallel in Romans 13, which is absolutely fascinating and helpful, I think. So let me paraphrase now, and then we'll stop and, and pick up the details next time. So God's riches of grace are lavished on us in making things known to us, and that making known accords with the purpose or the good pleasure of God, and then he launches into a description of how this good pleasure is going to be worked out in history. Namely, he's going to set it forth. He's going to take that ultimate good pleasure of God And he's going to work it out in history. And it's going to be in Christ, in him. He's going to be the sum of it all. And to that end, there's going to be a plan. A household administration. As if history were one big house. And lots of seasons in this house with everybody doing their appropriate household duty and fitting into it perfectly to accomplish all the purposes of the householder, God in this case. 
a plan for the fullness of the seasons of the economy of the household. And the aim of it all is to sum up, to make Christ the sum, to sum up everything in Christ. So lots of unanswered questions there about precisely what all that means. But let's stop there and pick up the details next time.